to Radio War Stories with your hosts, Dave Jagger and Don Nelson. Great to be back again for another Radio War Stories and some great radio memories this week. Hi, Don Nelson. Hey, hi, Dave Jagger. And we are loaded up today. We've got some really cool things to share with you. Uh, The first and not least of which is uh, some of the early memories that we've had just listening to the radio. Now, you got to remember, I had three older sisters, Don. And uh, Mm -hmm. some of the earliest memories for me of radio was that it was constantly on in the house. And most of these memories are obviously during summer months. I weren't listening, wasn't listening to the radio while I was at school. But during the summer months, it was always on in the house. And it was always on KONO Radio because it was number one in San Antonio. KTSA, which was a Gordon McClendon station, uh, was not our favorite. The, the jocks were better on KONO. But I had those three older sisters always listening to the radio. In the afternoons, they would turn it off, and uh, they'd watch American Bandstand whenever it was on. I'm trying to think that ABC had that on almost every afternoon or two or three days out of the week. But mm-hmm. it was on more than once uh, in the afternoons. I remember that. But uh, I remember one summer night... I had received as a gift or saved up my pennies and bought a rocket radio. You know what a rocket, a rocket radio, radio is? Yeah. What the, is a rocket radio? It was a little germanium diode, crystal germanium diode, and it looked like a rocket. And so uh-huh. at the top of the little rocket was a little ball, and you'd pull the little stem out, and that's how you tuned it. And all you had to do was to pick up AM frequencies, no FM on it, it was to hook it to a ground of some sort, a water pipe, something like that. Oh, man. Yeah. Man, this is news to me. Yeah. You can still buy rocket radios, as a matter of fact, So for a few dollars. But uh, one night in the summer, I remember it was a nice warm summer evening, because South Texas, obviously, and it's always warm uh, in San Antonio. So I decided I wanted to sleep out on the chase lounge right outside my bedroom because there was a water pipe there. I mean, a, a faucet. So I hooked up my rocket radio and I plugged the gigantic earphone in to my ear and tuned in KONO and, uh, started listening. I don't know. It was after midnight, uh, and listening to the overnight guy. And I remember hearing great songs like Deep Purple by April Stevens and Nino Temple. And uh, just all night long, I I was just so enamored that this rocket radio was so cool. And all I had to do was hook it up to a ground pipe like that. Just just find a water pipe. Just find a water pipe. Now, if you did something silly and like hook it to a ground on an outlet, then you blew out the germanium diode and your (laughs) rocket radio was no longer any good. But uh, I remember listening to that guy, and a couple of weeks later, I was stunned to find out that he went to our church, the overnight guy, because he was sitting up in the balcony of our church, and I remember looking up there as a little kid, and he had his KONO lapel pin on. And I looked up there at him, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's the overnight guy, because I remember seeing his picture on one of the KONO playlists that you could pick up you know, at the music sure. stores. And all and the stuff. record stores. And all the record that, stores, right? yeah. So that was one of the very first things. And I thought, oh my gosh, a superstar 
a radio guy is going yeah, to the our all church. night guy. All yeah, night. the all night guy, and he was still awake enough to come to church on Sunday <laughs> morning with his with his wife. But the rocket radio, I listened for a long time until I think I finally hooked it up to the wrong kind of ground and blew out the <laughs> diode in there. But, when did you uh, first come up with the thought that, gee, I could do that? When my friend Mike Maxwell, uh, and I was about in second grade, started talking to me about radio and had told me he had uh, won a record from the radio station and his mom had taken him down to pick it up. And he asked the receptionist if he could go in to see the disc jockey. Well, I was just, I said, you can do that? And he goes, yeah. So when Mike and I became, we would all had always been friends. As a matter of fact, he went to my church too. So we were longtime friends and still is one of my oldest friends. Uh, and we went down there. I won an album and once again went down there to pick it up. And they let us in to see the disc jockey. That was it. That was like second, third grade, something like that. Well, and many episodes back, I, I told you of my first trip to the radio station, which was to watch my sixth grade girl that I had all the excitement over, oh, little yes. Joycey, Arkansas's favorite songbird, <laughs> who was part of a hillbilly band that bought their time on KBTM. And we went down to watch them pick and sing. <laughs> Through the years, and even into my high school years, I'm going to pe- play a, a little clip of the beginning of a guy by the name of Howard Edwards. Howard oh, yeah. Edwards was number one in San Antonio on KLNO for years and years and years. And even after he left KLNO, he went over. He was more of a country fan anyway. I remember one morning hearing him say, Hey, everybody, uh, Ringo Beetle done cut himself a country song. <laughs> and he had recorded uh, a Buck Owens song act naturally <laughs> and uh, so howard was more than happy to play that song this here's ringo beetle and a, and a country song it was made by an artist by the name of buck owens and of course he played it because he loved country music and went on to work at a country station like i said at after kono but this is from the early 60s with howard edwards <laughs> Time for the man on the go. Time for the Howard Edwards Show. Let's say hi to Mr. Hi-Fi. Little guy with the big stack of records. Here is the Howard Edwards Show on K-O-N-O Radio. Hello, that little boo-boo. My golly, ain't you glad it's mostly over with anyway? <laughs> Everybody have a good Christmas, I guess. Welcome to the Howard Edwards Show. We got us a big old fat and happy Saturday going here. Be hanging around with records right on around about 155. So if you're ready, let's go get them. I'm talking about kaboom <clears throat> thanks to san antonio radio memories for that clip i looked everywhere for howard edwards show clips and that was the only one i could find so thanks to them there you go howard edwards from kono in san antonio that's pretty amazing you know it it just blows my mind i i obviously came along a few years before you did mm-hmm. one uh, or two years the fact of the matter was the only device we had in our homes was radio because there was no television when I first uh, started listening to Mm -hmm. things. And as far as what we listened to, uh, 
it was mostly serials. And, and uh, by serials, I mean 15-minute episodes or 30-minute episodes uh, where the, the hero or heroine was always going over a cliff or something terrible was happening to get you to be sure that you tuned in for the same episode the next day. Mm -hmm. But also with those, those things that, that I listened to as a kid, uh, we had so many of the commercials that played into uh, the show themselves. There was one 15-minute one show after school every day Tom Mix and his Ralston Street Shooters. Oh, my gosh. Tom Mix and, and Cowboy. And, yeah. And they had a little slogan there that says, take a tip from Tom, go and tell your mom, shredded Ralston can't be beat. <laughs> and it was a breakfast cereal. <laughs> but, you know, there were so many of those tie-ins. You and I were laughing the other day about the, the, the most famous one, I think, in the whole world that, that anybody who was alive at that era can still hum. And that's the Pepsi-Cola uh, jingle when, when Pepsi first took on Coke. And Coca-Cola was only sold in six-ounce bottles uh, for a nickel. And Pepsi came out with a 12-ounce bottle. And are you ready for that one? One, two, three. Pepsi-Cola, it's the pot to 12 ounces. That's a lot of food, twice as much for a nickel, too. Is you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but those were those were amazing times. Uh, and, and, you know, in those days, I can see why kids would want to be on radio. Uh, my question is, do today's kids want to be on radio? Some of them do uh, still. And I still get people asking me about what's it like to get into radio is it that hard these days i i heard it's you know this that or the other and a lot of people do i don't ever try to dissuade anybody that asks me or tells me they want to get into radio i do tell them the truth though and i do tell them that the mom and pop stations are gone the ones that do exist are barely hanging on by the skin of their teeth and uh unfortunately it's just not the industry it was before I don't think it's as much fun as it was before either, Don. Charlie uh, Cook, who we talked to the last two weeks, wouldn't admit that to you. But look at the amount of work that he has to do to maintain a job in radio. He's not on the air, but right. still. He's just responsible for about a Julian uh, you know, yeah, stations in it, Nashville. Exactly. And, and and throughout the country and all of that, you know, it's, it's an amazing job. And unfortunately it's become where that radio is only listened to primarily in your car and they're fighting for that amount of attention from you as well with podcasts, with your own music on your own devices. Uh, some people still play CDs in their cars, but that's primarily where radio still kind of remains king, and that's in an automobile. If, if, if you buy one with a radio, which now, as you know, uh, is, has become an option. You don't have Absolutely. to have a radio. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just walked over because uh, uh, I received uh, for, for a recent birthday a plaque or a bit of wall that uh, you could see here that was hanging in G. Laverne Flambeau's oh, office, wow. my mentor in the business for so many years. And this was prominently displayed in his office. It says, I am not allowed to run the train, 
the whistle I can't blow. I'm not allowed to say how far these railroad cars can go. I am not allowed to shoot off steam, nor even clang the bell, but let it jump the damn track and see who catches hell. <laughs> Good plaque to have hanging on the wall. That's an excellent one. Now, you were 16 years old for this, and we're going to play a clip from Don doing the news. Can you, can you give us a little background on this? Yeah, it was just part of, uh, of working at KBTM because uh, uh, I was involved in what was called a work release program. Sounds like jail, <laughs> but actually it was high school. Yeah. Uh, and, and in today's market, uh, we couldn't do it because the child labor laws would cut in. But I got out of school and went to work from at 3 o'clock to 11 o'clock, an eight-hour shift, oh five gosh. days a week. All right. And, That's... of course, we also did everything, including newscasts. The time is 9.30, and time for late Associated Press news. Another friendly service from C.C. Howell, distributor in Jonesboro for famous Pan Am products, and your nearby Pan Am service station. Only Pan Am has new balanced energy gasoline, the money-saving motor fuel that puts power in its place. And now the news, Don Nelson reporting. <laughs> the Soviet Union has demanded the United States pay compensation for the loss of a Soviet transport plane in the Far East last July 27th. Oh, but they did. The plane was a transport, and the Russians have said 15 passengers. You know, the funny thing is... There's no, I don't hear any twang. The plane was shot down by an American fighter plane in the last hours of the Korean War. The, the funny thing is that that sponsor, uh, I love to say, my newscast was sponsored by Pan Am. And everybody thought, wow, oh. Pan Am World Airways yeah. is sponsoring a newscast that Don is reading? And no, it wasn't Pan Am Airlines. It was Pan Am Gasoline. But <laughs> well, if you listen to that entire thing, uh, and by the way, that was from what we called an electrical transcription. You might know it as an LP, but back in those days, Don, explain what a transcription did and what the difference was between that and a modern vinyl LP. Well, the, the transcriptions that we had in the radio stations, we actually had the, the recording device there, and they were inside out meaning when you put the needle down, you put the needle all the way in the middle and let it come to the outside. And the reason for that was there was a little bit of vinyl that came off as the uh, recording went by. And if you had it going the other way, the vinyl would catch the needle and everything would, would blow up. And by the way, that vinyl was highly flammable in a time when everybody in the radio business smoked cigarettes. <laughs> so there were signs all over the place in the recording studios, do not smoke when setting an electrical transcription. And nobody paid any attention to that, I'm sure. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but yeah, they're still around. That's funny because for years, I say for years, for a couple of years, Don has always asked me, do you know anybody that has a transcription table that plays from the inside out? Well... As it turns out, any turntable will do it. We discovered that just a couple of days ago when you brought these over to me. So I was able to digitize these for Don and uh, uh, August 11th. Now, I've, been, I've been carrying those around with me for how many years? What, what year was 1953, that? 1953, August 11th. Holy cow. And I have lugged that around and haven't been able to listen to it for at least the last 40 years. <sighs> 
It was kind of fun. Yeah. I don't think I would hire me having listened to it. But... I would. I would have. That's really great. Plus, you did commercials, too. You were great at reading commercials. Stevenson Furniture's sensational store-wide $100,000 liquidation stock sale begins tomorrow. In their seven years of business, Stevenson has never faced such a serious inventory crisis. They bought heavily, expecting a big business this year. Merchandise rolled in, and bills too. Furniture is jammed, packed, stacked <laughs> to the ceiling in their store and two warehouses. Something had to be done. The orders were given. Sell all surplus stocks. Forget profit. Now, and you Sell got everything, you got to 58 seconds on a 60-second commercial. Not just an excuse. That's pretty good, Don. A sale that is yeah, a sale. Well, that's pretty good, but you know, nobody told me that that jam packed was one word. <laughs> <laughs> jam. The store was packed. jam. One, two, three, packed. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time. And, now, these were these were high school yeah, days. Yeah, and that that was from uh, again an electrical transcription. There was some woman that had done a Stevenson commercial on that same disc as well. I don't know who she was. Do you remember? No, no. not at all. Uh, I, I don't remember what I had for breakfast. Yeah, Come you, on, now. you slept since then. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those were the days, and uh, just so much fun to listen to this. We also uh, go ahead and explain this one with Edward R. Murrow because I cannot believe uh, you brought these uh, LPs over to me uh, on Columbia, by the way, right, uh, that right. had all these great news clips in there with him introducing them. Yeah, Edward R. Murrow uh, did this entire series called I Can Hear It Now. And he had all of the clips from virtually everything that happened from the early 30s or maybe even late 20s on, on radio up through the point where, where Murrow uh, left us. But, uh, you know, there, there are cuts of, of uh, the announcement of the Japanese invasion mm -hmm. of, of, of uh Pearl, Pearl Harbor, Harbor yeah. uh, Roosevelt's death, and, and uh, you know, just a ton of guts. One of them that uh, you have one queued up there, do you? I certainly do. What you, what you got? It was drizzling that April night at Lakehurst as announcer Herb Morrison stood beside a WLS sound truck to describe the arrival of the dirigible Hindenburg. The ship is riding majestically toward us like some great feather. And these giant flagships standing here, the American Airlines flagships, waiting to rise into all points in the United States when they get the ship moored. It's practically standing still now. They've dropped rope out of the nose of the ship. The rain had uh, slacked up a little bit. The back motors of the ship are just holding it uh, just enough to keep it from... The first the get it started, get it started. It's rising, it's rising, it's rising terrible. Oh, my, get out of the way, please. It's running, bursting into flames, and, and it's falling on the morning beds. And all the folks between the this is terrible. This is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's... Oh, the humanities. Oh, the humanities, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that, that, uh, that Hindenburg disaster uh, is, is probably one of the top five classics uh, oh, yeah. uh, of, of radio news coverage uh, over the years. Uh, you think of that, you think of some of these other things that we have on, on those very uh, albums is what I was about to say, and that's what they were, 33 yeah. and the thirds, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, we talked about, uh, in my hometown, KTSA with uh, Gordon McClendon. 
with the owner. Uh, KTSA, uh, KLIF in Dallas, and KILT in Houston. That was his golden triangle of now, three wasn't stations. Wasn't he a sportscaster? Uh, at, he uh, was at, a sportscaster. And, uh, right. Back yeah. in our first season, in one of our early episodes, we talked about how he used to just get the wire clippings and recreate. Right. He would pretend he was there. Yeah, he he'd recreate baseball games. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. Cloud, and crowd noise, all of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in the background, Pepsi-Cola. You know, some guy yelling <laughs> Pepsi. He had a tape running in the background, and he was <laughs> selling it to Pepsi. But when he owned a KTSA, uh, he used to always do uh, editorials. You were a general manager. You did editorials. We called them editorials. Uh... <laughs> this is Gordon McClendon. Now an editorial by Gordon McClendon, president of KTSA. The season of the monsoon has come in VLs begins with but a single step. One can now see far away but still dimly visible the possibility of an end to the war in Vietnam. To help the settlement talks along more rapidly, we suggest that when the monsoon season ends, the United States step up its air attacks in North Vietnam with savage ferocity. This is the best way to keep their attention and shorten a long oriental discussion. You have just heard a KTSA editorial <laughs> by Gordon McClendon, president of KTSA. I had no idea he had pipes like that. I had yeah, no idea he had pipes like that. Great set of lungs. You know, yeah. one, one guy who had the pipes that everybody in America recognized, uh, and that was part of, of my growing up as a kid, my mother and father would spend the entire summer sitting on their front porch in a swing, listening to Harry Carey and Gabby Street with Cardinal Baseball. Most people think of Harry Carey these days as having been with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Right. He was, he was at the Cardinals. Play by play guy of the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. And uh, on the end was, of your air was, check, you're talking about, you don't talk about Harry Carey, but you do talk about the radio station carrying the Cardinals and right. how you can hear them on uh, KBTM. Right, right. The the FM relay uh, and the fact that uh, we got it from KBOA in Kennett and Harry Carey uh, uh, pulled a station break on me when I was in the restroom <laughs> and I literally broke my neck getting to the studio. Oh the gosh. guy up on up the line said, this is your sports station. This is the guy in Kennett, Missouri. This is your sports station, KB. And I clipped him and said, T.M. Jonesboro, <laughs> and the owner of the station called and said, if I hadn't heard that with my own ears, I would never believe it. <laughs> wow. And that's why timing was everything in radio. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Harry Carey just loved to destroy us. He would be talking about blue skies and sunshine and a post for station identification. Boom, you know, oh my boom, it was done. You were dead. <laughs> Somebody brought him a a Bud Light. (laughs) Of course, he didn't have Bud Light back in those days. But I understand he and his, uh, whoever was doing analysis would always enjoy a beer or two while they were doing the the broadcasts. And you know, when I was at uh, WQUA, I followed by just a couple of years, uh, a local guy in the Quad Cities, Milo Hamilton, who was, uh, became a very big sports voice in, in Chicago for many years, too. Uh, so it's amazing how these guys just kind of roam around and they show up in different areas and, and do great things no matter where they are. 
If you ever visit uh, Wrigley Field, and I've been there, lucky enough to have been there two or three times, they still have Harry Carey stuff everywhere. Out in the outfields sure. and in those stands on top of the apartment buildings that where people are built up stands so they can watch the Cubbies play. Uh, yeah, lots of Harry Carey stuff still around at Wrigley Field. It was great, and he was terrific, a one of a kind, just like everybody else we've talked about today. Don Nelson, one of a kind. Ah, Dave Jagger, two of a kind. <laughs> I don't know about that. Thank you, Don, and we'll see you next week. Hey, take care, my friend. Thanks for listening to Radio War Stories. We'll be back next week.